Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. America's Voice headquarters in Denver, Colorado. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime. What does a conservative do when they disagree with sometime, someone? Well, sometimes they leave them alone and they just agree to disagree. And sometimes they try to lay out the facts and try to convince them. In the old days, a healthy debate could ensue. What does the leftist do when they disagree with someone? Well, they label their ideas dangerous, violent, extremist, and treasonous, and they try to silence them. You would think that Democrats would be very confident now that they've won the Senate, the House, and the presidency. But they're not acting like a party that is confident in their win. And that is interesting. They're acting as if they could be exposed any day, and their grip on all of this power could magically slip away. Donald Trump and his supporters must not be allowed to speak. The left fears open debate and discussion. To have a right-leaning viewpoint is simply against the rules today. And to even have the debate has become against the rules. The left tells us that the mere discussion of certain ideas is absolutely dangerous. Ideas that they don't approve of will cause unrest. And we must trust our big tech oligarchs to choose what we are allowed to hear and what we are, allowed not, what we are not allowed to hear. It's not easy to stop debate and discussion from taking place, especially in the United States where freedom of expression is enshrined in our First Amendment. But the left is sure doing a great job of it. In the past few days, social media companies joined with Apple and Google, along with Amazon's web hosting platform, to work together to destroy their competition in the marketplace and to silence viewpoints with which they disagree. And we've heard the word collusion a lot in the past four years, for sure, but that term it actually applies perfectly right here, right now, and it's a crime. Late Friday night, Facebook and Twitter suspended the accounts of President Trump along with thousands of his supporters. Personally, I've watched my own Twitter account drop by 30,000 followers, and that happened just about overnight. But don't worry, all the experts reminded us that since Twitter is a private company, they have the right to ban whomever they please, they say. A great meme showed up on social media among the accounts that hadn't been banned, and it said this, Twitter, we are a private company. We can do what we want. Me, any of my restaurant-owning friends want to weigh in on that? Well, anyway, all wasn't lost quite yet. The president's account with 88 million followers was shut down on Twitter and Facebook, and, and on Facebook it was gone too. But there were alternative sites at least. The president and his supporters flocked to Twitter's biggest competitor, and we all knew that was called Parler, little known before that, but becoming very popular with the falling off of Twitter. And you probably heard every smart media personality calling it a right-wing social media platform. You've heard that, right? But the last time I checked, anybody could sign up for Parler. You didn't have to be on the right or the left or the middle. It didn't matter. So to call it right-wing is a mainstream media's way of just smearing a company. So the free speech, nonpartisan Parler app 
quickly became the most downloaded app on the Apple App Store and on the Google Play Store. But Google and Apple, they were standing ready. They knew the president and his conservative followers would go there to Twitter's biggest competitor to try to communicate. And that's when they announced in unison that they would halt downloads of the Parler app. Well, at that moment, some entrepreneurial Americans realized that, that the phones with the Parler app that had already been downloaded would become extremely valuable. Check out this screenshot from eBay. The product description shows some of the phones with the Parler app already downloaded, and they were going for $10,000. Jeez, I didn't know. <laughs> I should have auctioned my phone. All of this was happening, and Amazon must have been feeling left out. So what did they do? They put the final nail in the coffin of Parler, and Amazon removed Parler from their web hosting platform. And just like that, Parler was no more. The site is looking for a new web host, but until they find some other web hosting service, their site remains down. They can't operate. It's unclear whether Google, Google, Apple, Twitter, and Amazon colluded to do all of this in unison. Sure is some crazy coincidence, though, don't you think? Maybe the DOJ should look into this, but then there have been a lot of things I thought the DOJ should look into. I remember a time when Democrats would complain that these big, evil corporations were acting illegally to stop competition and to create monopolies. They're kind of quiet now. We do have antitrust laws that prevent big corporations from squashing their competitors, and we're seeing why those laws exist in real, absolute time right now. Let's see if these corporations have grown large enough to be above the law. If you ask Nancy Pelosi, she says nobody's above the law, but she sure doesn't seem to mind that big tech companies are joining together to eliminate speech with which they disagree anyway. Nancy Pelosi also used the term constitutional crisis several times over the past four years. I'm sure you've heard it. But what bigger constitutional crisis exists than the end of our First Amendment right to free speech as we know it? Well, we are going to talk to an attorney a little later on in the show about whether these big tech companies could actually be in big legal trouble or not. But first, it's time to go around America to hear our hosts and correspondents who are on the ground. We want to listen to them. Let's head out right now to Washington, D.C., where Carrie Sheffield has a report on House Democrats who are working to expel Republicans who supported the election challenge. Carrie? Hey there, Dr. Dina. Yes, I want to give you the latest update from Just the News here on what's happening on Capitol Hill. Now, we know about the impeachment move. There's also a move by Congresswoman Cori Bush. She's a Democrat from Missouri. She says that she is preparing a resolution to expel the Republicans who supported the election challenge. Now, she didn't mention in her statement that Democrats did the exact same thing that those Republicans did when they were supporting the election challenge. Democrats, you don't have to go that far back to see they did the exact same thing in 2001, 2005, and 2017 after Republicans won the White House. So people like Maxine Waters, according to Cori Bush's logic, should also be expelled. So the challenge of an electoral college is a very different thing, obviously, than riding and storming the Capitol Hill. The other thing that Cori Bush seems to be ignoring is the fact that the differential here, there's a chart that we're putting up here, the difference between the parties here and party control in Congress is the narrowest margin that we've seen in 60 years. So the divide between the left and the right and the margin between the House and Democrats, uh, the House and Senate Democrats and Republicans, it's so narrow here. This really gives power to the moderates, to people like Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin says that he wants to keep the 
filibuster in place, the 60 vote majority to make sure that the Senate is the cooling uh, effect to the hot boiling pot of the House. We'll see if this stays in place. Back to you, Dr. Gina. Came out in the wash, isn't it, Carrie? It seems like it's uh, it's not even okay in some cases to ask questions anymore. Not only are you not allowed to believe something or act on something, asking questions has gotten uh, seriously dangerous now. Uh, now on to Jessica Rivera, who is here in our Denver headquarters, where I happen to be tonight. Jessica always has great stuff for us. Jessica, go ahead. Yes, Dr. Gina, as of today, we have heard that Parler is officially suing Amazon, but with Democrats calling for the 25th Amendment, to be invoked and President Trump to be impeached once again, Republican representative from California, Devin Nunes, is calling for a racketeering investigation against Amazon, Apple, and Google. Nunes' request comes after the tech giant suspended the Parler app, a social media platform used by many conservatives. Nunes says the suspension is a clear violation of antitrust civil rights and the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, also known as the RICO Act. It was a federal law that was passed in 1970, put in place to shut down organized crime like the mob. The act also allows those found guilty to be prosecuted and heavily fined for their participation in the crime. Parlor suspension is due to Wednesday's chaos on the Capitol, which Big Tech is blaming on President Trump and his supporters, claiming inciting violence. Yet Nunes points out the hashtag Hang Mike Pence trended Friday night all over Twitter. But Big Tech didn't find anything wrong with that trend, and they had not suspended Twitter. And Dr. Gina, we all know this has to do with the right versus left. And seeing as Big Tech is very left, none of their apps will ever be suspended or censored. But apps developed or used by the right will continue to be censored and suspended unless something is done about it. And Nunes, along with many other conservatives, are calling for Big Tech CEOs to be criminally prosecuted for their recent hypocritical censorship of many Americans. Also, Dr. Gina, many Americans are sick and tired of having different sets of rules, specifically to play by depending on things like thought, beliefs, and skin color. Because if you think about it, we're headed back into segregation, which many believe when businesses had signs up that told you who was welcomed inside and who was not. And that exactly is what many think big tech is doing now. Back to you. Thank you so much, Jessica. Now we're going to go back to Washington, D.C., to Sophie Mann from our Just the News partners. Sophie, what story are you working on tonight? Thanks so much, Gina. So one story we've been paying a lot of attention to today is how D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is preparing to get ready for Joe Biden's inauguration that will happen in just a couple of days. Um, one thing that she's done is sent a letter to the Department of Homeland Security asking for a number of increased uh, security measures prior to the inauguration. One particularly surprising element of her request is that she is asking DHS to strip away, which is to say revoke the protest permits of a number of groups who were planning to um, protest around the nation's capital in the days leading up to the inauguration. Uh, one event that was scheduled to take place this coming weekend is called the Million Militia March, which is unclear if we'll still be able to go on as planned after uh, Mayor Bowser's request. Um, we know that she's also put in a request for emergency FEMA funding should another emergency incident like what we saw happen last week at the Capitol take place. Um, a lot of this is happening sort of in stark contrast to the way that the D.C. government has behaved in response to the protests that we've seen happen in the Capitol 
um, over the last four years. You know, during the 2016 inauguration, Democratic lawmakers encouraged uh, constitutional law-abiding protesters to come to D.C. and practice their First Amendment rights. Um, they've done that on a number of occasions uh, since Donald Trump has become president. And this is really a moment where um, the mayor appears to be preparing ahead of time, perhaps sending some signal flares of panic through D.C., given what happened last week and the state of emergency she put the Capitol into, um, you know, instituting a lockdown at 6 p.m. that lifted at 6 a.m. the next day. Uh, but we will continue to follow this story closely as inauguration and inaugural day events um, draw nearer. Thanks so much, Sophie. You know, Sophie, I'm going to make a prediction on this. I bet some of these freer state governors will say that some of these protests are welcome in their state inauguration week if the mayor continues to uh, build up these walls and say that no protests or no free speech is allowed that week. Coming up, there are a few other social media options out there these days, and the CEO of one of them will be with us next. You're going to want to stick around for that. More Dr. Gina primetime coming at you right after this. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to Carvana it doesn't get any better than this your favorite seat's the best spot in the house make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes there really is no place like home and speaking of home Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. We're so glad that you're with us and we're going to be here with you, by the way, through all the crazy, all of it. You can count on us. A coordinated effort is taking place by the left, as you've realized by now, unless you've been hiding in a hole somewhere, to stop your First Amendment rights. This isn't new. The left has led boycotts of conservative talk radio for years, if you think back. They've threatened advertisers of right-leaning shows on radio and television. So this purge of conservatives on social media shouldn't come as a huge surprise. There are some social media options out there that are welcoming all voices, not just intended for the right, but literally civil discourse, the old-fashioned kind, including one of my personal favorites just because it's so user-friendly and so good for organizing meetings and conversation. And that is Clout Hub. And we have the founder and CEO of Clout Hub with us right now, Jeff Brain. Good to see you. I have to say, I have to preface this, you are truly a national hero to me. Um, and it's not, I don't know your politics. I frankly have no idea where you stand on, on your political beliefs. Um, but I, I, I know how hard you fought for the right of people to be able to express themselves freely. And I know that when big tech tried to take you down, instead of spending money on a lot of things you could have spent money on, marketing and other things that some other companies were doing, you were spending money on building your own technology, Jeff, so that when this day came, you could still be up. I think that is so admirable, and I just want to make sure that goes uh, well stated and clearly stated so that people can understand that who still do believe in our First Amendment. Are you afraid Clout Hub, though, could meet the same fate as some of the other social media uh, platforms out there? Certainly, uh, you have to read the tea leaves, right? And, and the, the amount of uh, effort the major platforms are doing to silence voices is, is concerning to everybody. Um, I think CloudHub, though, 
is different than the other platforms that have been affected. We're a broader platform. We're a more complete platform. You can do uh, more things on our platform. It's it, And it's really not to be a Twitter alternative. It, it's much bigger platform. You can watch videos on our platform like you do on YouTube. You can form groups like you do on Facebook. Uh, in the future, we'll have a civic hub where you can interact with your legislators and access resources. We'll have a faith hub where you know, all different faiths are there and, and, and to find common ground, um, an education hub, a, uh, entertainment hub, a business hub. So we're broader package and it's not really all about politics, although that is currently, you know, what people are talking about because of the nature of what's going on in our country. But Jeff, I just want to say, because uh, I know I'm speaking for millions of folks out there, people are afraid to trust another site. You know, yeah. some people spent years uh, building their um, platforms on these different uh, social mediums, and now they're they're gone, or or they're taking they're taking them away little by little. Um, what assurances can you give to the person who says, "All right, I'm going to make Cloud Hub my new social media home"? Um, what can you say to businesses and individuals that are thinking of counting on Cloud Hub? And I don't mean to sound like a commercial, but I mean really, I think people are looking for some reassurance. Well, I think we do things very different than the other platforms per first privacy, right? We don't take your information. Uh, we, we only require three things when somebody signs up. That's their name and email address and a phone number so we can send them a verification code. But we'll never use that phone number. Beyond that, we don't take your information. So you're not at risk for that information. We're not data mining you. We're not digging into your phone to see what you're using in terms of apps. We're not tracking you to the mall. And we're certainly not, you know, sharing or selling your data. And and people that come on the platform start to realize that pretty quickly, you know. And and so we also protect your health. We designed our designed our platform to to be healthy. Anyone that's seen the social dilemma movie knows how unhealthy existing social media is. They're manipulating your dopamine to keep you attracted to the screen and so they can advertise to you. And we don't do any of that as well. And and I think over time people are realizing, wow, this is a different experience. I had a very major influencer come to our platform, and after about a week and a half, he called me. He says, you know, Jeff, when I use your platform, I don't feel as stressed as I do or anxious as I do when I use some other platforms. And I explained to him that we had a neuroscientist help us design it, and he was like, wow, yeah, I could feel it. You know, and that's important. And, of course, free speech is the big issue on everybody's mind, and, and uh, we provide uh, an opportunity for everyone to express themselves, the left as well as the right, you know, we're a place for everybody. We think it's time for people to come together and start to find common ground and start solving problems together. You know, we're all focused on the national politics, but reality is most people care about what's going on in my local school for my children. Is my community safe? Is my street safe? Uh, can I get a job, right? That's where most people are at, and that's where CloudHub uh, shines. You know, we're really a tool for people to use in all aspects of their life, whether that's business, civics, or, you know, entertainment, or all the parts that make up a good life. That's and, what and social media should do, by the way. And I agree with you. Um, and I find it interesting what you said about bringing sides together. It does seem like you are making some efforts in that direction. That's always been a passion of mine. You know, I, I say all the time, I, I was inspired to go to the, into this work that I do by my dad, who is a leftist 
stands on the other side of everything I do. He will leave my his entire inheritance, um, his only daughter, but his money will all go to Planned Parenthood, which is really pretty much my political arch enemy. Um, but we love each other, and we're friends, and we get along, and we have we are pretty much the quintessential civil, civil discourse, right? And I would love to see right. a day where a social media platform really embraces that and really enhances that conversational component rather than the, 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 the trolling and the, and the bombasticness we see um, and, and the, some of the just the, the horrible just division that takes place on the other platforms. Um, what does Clout Hub do along those lines and what are your future plans to do? And I realize, you know, we're just not all going to sing Kumbaya. This is not going to happen today. But in terms of conversations, in terms of um, preventing some of the horrible outcomes that you talked about um, before and that we've all seen, and, and just in, in, in terms of building on true discourse. Right. Well, we encourage civil discourse. We think that's important. We have to get back to that. So in our platform, we actually use AI to prevent people from att attacking personally each other uh, by use of derogatory terms, like racial terms primarily. So if somebody tried to use the N-word in our platform and then go to post it, uh, they would get a pop-up that says that's not appropriate for our platform. We, we really want people to be able to engage in a more positive way uh, and, and make progress. My, my background was in bringing diverse people together and helping them find the common ground that they have and then work to solve the problems. And, and you know, we're, we've lost that, right? I had a conversation with Richard Dreyfuss, who, who is on the left leaning, you know, um, and, and he wants to get involved with us because he believes that CloudHub can change the direction of the civil discourse in our country, you know, it, it's gotten so divisive, and quite frankly, social media has a lot, a, a big part in that, I should say. Um, but we're going to turn that around, and we're seeing the people react very positively to our platform, uh, and that, you know, uh, approach of encouraging people to, you know, connect, collaborate, and take action. You know, most social media platforms, part of the frustration is all you can do is post. I can post, and then all I do is count how many likes and followers I get. But what a waste of free speech. If you're going to have free speech, do something with it. And on CloudHub, you can organize, you can mobilize, advocate, influence, you know, other people. And, and that's what we're about, is results-oriented, solution-oriented, you know, activity. Well, Jeff Brain, I know that you've been awake for days on end. Uh, I know <laughs> that uh, probably the word bandwidth isn't probably the right word, but I know that there will be stepping stones as you are being downloaded. I believe you were the third most downloaded app two days ago, um, and that's right. only getting bigger. I know you're being downloaded by the millions right now um, because people are really searching for a place they can go that they can trust, uh, that big tech isn't going to erase and cancel, and, uh, and that requires uh, no sleep on your part. So it means a lot to us that you were with us tonight to explain to us uh, that we do have this option out there, and it's, it's good to know. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, I remember the good old days when uh, Democrats claimed to be for the little guy. You remember this? Although they just spent the past year closing down mom and pop shops and pushing for the big corporate giants to stay open. And that was all in the name of science. Remember? 
Well, now we see a similar pattern with Democrats as the big tech oligarchs collude to destroy smaller competitors and our First Amendment rights in the process. Here to discuss, attorney and executive director of USA Strong, Aaron Elmore. Aaron, good to see you. Aaron, we watched over the weekend as the biggest, most powerful corporations in the world all worked together on one goal, and that was to silence one man and the people who believe what he believes and to destroy any competition in the social media marketplace. Is this something the Justice Department should be looking into? Are there laws in place, I guess is what my question is, um, that have been potentially broken here by these big tech oligarchs? And, and then I guess the most important question, sorry to deluge you with my questions, but it, it, will this be prosecuted? What's the reality here? I always like that question most. Right. Unfortunately, I mean, I don't think there's a great likelihood of this happening in the Department of Justice or otherwise. I know Devin Nunez went on um, Sunday Morning Futures on Fox News and really tore into the left saying that under RICO or the Sherman Act or various different antitrust laws that the Department of Justice should look into this. Sadly, when you look into RICO, which is often used for the mob, like wire transfers. And when say when someone says, hey, you go kill that person, it's a way to get that person that's ordering it. I don't see RICO working. I really don't see antitrust working. And I don't see that the Justice Department is really on the side of conservatives. So the criminal component probably isn't the best one. Interesting, though, how politics can uh, turn some bedfellows. The ACLU is now speaking out about this. You know, you know things are bad when even the ACLU is on the side of the president and his supporters. I'm a little surprised by that. Were you surprised? They raised concerns um, about Twitter's ban on Trump, and um, we've been hearing more and more about this. What did you think about that? I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, I think that this was a little surprising. If you look back to the early days of the ACLU, when they were really a neutral organization, they were really that 501c3 that wasn't partisan. And the last couple of years, they have swung really far to the left and got partisan. And now I think they're realizing, wait a minute, this has gone too far. If you do it to Donald Trump, then you'll do it to someone else. And then when you have no one else, you're gonna come after the average American citizen. And we already know that the left is drunk with power. They always overreach, they always overstep. Right now, the suburban moms out there are saying, yeah, we hate Trump, you get him, this is hate speech. And what's gonna happen is they're gonna push and they're gonna push and they're gonna push and they're gonna invade the free speech rights of some average citizen. And these moms in the suburbs are gonna say, wait a minute, this has gone too far. And that's what the ACLU is saying is this is such a dangerous and slippery slope. We keep hearing social media companies, Aaron, though, are private corporations and that they can do what they want. They can ban whomever they want, allow whatever speech they desire. Um, and I guess this stands right in line um, with, you know, any private businesses who would love to do whatever they want. You know, we see airplanes can force whatever they want on you now. Um, but, you know, then we remember the example of the birthday cake that there was a private business that didn't want to make it. Um, for whatever their reasons were, and they weren't allowed that. So it's really confusing to the average small business owner. Do you or do you not have the same rights as the big tech companies and the big airlines that can impose their values completely on their customers? Right. It certainly seems that these big corporations are truly ruling the world. And the way that the Constitution and the First Amendment works, it protects you from free speech violations against a government. So you don't have the right to a free speech on Google. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. 
So if, it, let's say, Google was owned by the government, then you would have different free speech rights. That's why, if you remember, Nancy Pelosi a few weeks ago was trying to ban the words grandmother, mother, sister yes. in the House. I don't think that would fly under constitutional grounds because Nancy Pelosi is part and parcel for the government, therefore it would be a free speech violation. But yes, you're completely right. There's a lot of hypocrisy. We've even seen this hypocrisy with the lockdowns. Big Walmarts were allowed to stay open, but small mom and pop shops were not deemed essential. Who is it to deem what is essential? That's what happened in the Pennsylvania lawsuit and the small business owners defeated Governor Wolf of Pennsylvania. It wasn't legal. So I agree with you. I think there's a lot of hypocrisy here. And that's why this lawsuit that I'm sure we're going to talk about next is very important. All right. Well, Ellen, Aaron Elmore, thank you so much for being with us and staying on top of all this legal stuff. We look forward to having you back soon. Thank you for having me. And by the way, you know where they filed this lawsuit? It's in the Western District of Washington. I looked it up a little nugget. The gentleman who oversees that district was a George W. Bush appointee. So, so we'll see. We'll see. I don't even know what that means anymore. George Bush appointee. It, all these definitions have changed. Thank you so much, Aaron. Coming up, Brandon Straka from the Walkway Movement lost his Facebook page and half a million followers. We're going to talk to him next. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming up. Stick around. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. The social media purge is up on us. Countless hours of work and years of building followers and groups on social media all down the drain for so many of us. My next guest hit pretty hard, he was. Brandon Straka, founder of the Walkaway Movement, is here. Brandon, so glad you're here. You know, you've worked tirelessly, you and your team, and I know it's not just you, you don't want to ever take credit like that, um, but you know, few have, few came on the scene as strongly as you did and built as quickly as you did and used social media as aptly as you did. Tell us where you've been banned and how many followers you've lost. Oh, it's unbelievable. So this all started for us on, on Friday. Um, we, the Walkaway Campaign group on Facebook was banned. Now, that's 508,000 people in that group, and it's a testimonial campaign for anyone who doesn't know. It's, uh, it's literally just members making video and written testimonials telling their stories about why they're walking away from the Democratic Party, walking away from liberalism, the political left that's become too toxic. And that's it. That's the only content that goes on that group are testimonials from real people. And and what they did was took the group down and they banned not only my personal account, but the personal accounts of every person on my staff and my volunteer staff. So, I mean, it was just like this mass wipeout of anybody connected with me uh, or Walkaway. But it's since gotten much, much worse. Um, so Walkaway is also a nonprofit organization. Uh, we found out a couple of days ago that our fundraising platform, we have been suspended from our fundraising platform. And then we got notification today that they have removed our email service. So we cannot fundraise, we cannot send emails, and our Facebook group is taken down. 
And uh, unfortunately, you're in good company because I'm hearing this from friends of mine heading up organizations, um, including the campaign. <laughs> uh, the Trump campaign is going through some of this themselves. Um, so this is now not just big tech. Now this is involving banks. This is involving involving mail companies. Um, this is actually involving airlines, we're finding out. There are no fly lists now for some uh, Trump supporters out there. Uh, Brandon, are you pursuing any legal options? Well, for the time being, what we're trying to do, honestly, is just play nice. And um, we're trying to be reasonable and rational and hope that we can get somebody who's also reasonable and rational within these companies and try to get our accounts restored. And the ultimate goal here is to try to just restore everything and then in, a, in an organized fashion, get everybody off and go somewhere that we can go that we will be safe. And... Um, Listen, Gina, I, I want to be honest with you here because I know that a lot of for, for months, if not years, conservatives have been coming on programs like yours. And we've had these discussions in which we've been talking about how unfair it is that we get treated by the left and how there's so many double standards from the left and how, you know, this isn't fair with social media. I want everyone to understand that we're past that point now. This That's over. The days of just complaining about us being treated like second class citizens, we've got to move past this because we are we're literally in the midst of a cold civil war here. That's what's going on. That's just the truth. And so if we are going to survive, we have to become completely self-reliant and we have to be completely unreliant on the left in any way, shape or form. We have to create our own platforms that are viable and that work. We have to have safe places where we can put our money. We have to have safe emailing platforms. It's terrible, you know, and I would love to sit here and be Rosie and Pollyanna and tell you, no, we're one United States. We're one people. We're not. We are at the mercy of, we are on the receiving end of an abusive relationship. This is an abusive relationship that we have with the political left, mm -hmm. and we have given them all the cards, and we've given them all the power, and we have to take our power back now, or we are going to never be able to recover. Brandon, what uh, social media, what, what are you using now to communicate with your millions and millions of walkaway followers? Well, so right now I still have an account on Twitter. Like most people, um, our followers have been being mass purged for the last three or four days. I've lost 100,000 followers in the last four days. Um, I don't even really care about that that much. I mean, I do care about it, but it's, you know, given everything else that's going on, that's the least of my concerns. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I was on Parler for whatever that's worth anymore. And I'm trying to get on Gab, but um, apparently they're having a mass influx of new members. So I've been having a hard time signing up for Gab. Um, but if I may say, Gina, and I would not normally do this in any other circumstance, but given the terrible position that we're in, I'd like to really encourage anyone from your audience to go to walkawaycampaign.com and please consider being a monthly recurring donor to my organization because I have a dozen paid employees and I don't even have the ability to fundraise right now using our previous platform. We're now using a temporary platform. Um, I don't want to have to lay off any staff. So if anyone can support us, even a dollar a month, um, we just want to try to get back on our feet because this has been devastating for yeah. us. I, I'm, I'm hearing this up and down. Um, I t feel so much for you because I am hearing this from all of my friends with organizations right now that they can't pay their rent because it's not, it's not that they can't pay it, it's that they don't have a bank that they can pay it through because the banks are spinning right. them out right now. Um, you know, it's just, it's, Unbelievable. It's, it's truly, truly nothing I ever thought I would see in this country. Um, so Brandon, um, for the average person out there who wants to change things, uh, yes, go to your site, yes, donate to you. Um, is, there, is there any recourse civilly anymore. I mean, I keep asking this question of Democrats. I keep posting, you know, tell, tell patriots 
left, tell patriots what their civil recourse is. Because you keep telling us what we're not allowed to do. We get that. What is the civil recourse? Do you have answers? Well, I mean, I can tell you that we're working with our attorneys right now to try to, again, reasonably and rationally restore the things that have been taken from us. Because again, and perhaps this is a point worth clarifying, we didn't do anything. Um, you know, there, it's not as though they came to us and said, look, you you posted this thing or you made this comment or you were at this place that you right. shouldn't have been or you whatever. None of that. I mean, literally, we've got no explanation. And but we're getting these boilerplate responses that are telling us, well, we have reason to believe that your organization espouses uh, violence or encourages violence or hatred or things like that, but nothing to actually show what we've said or done, you know, to that effect. So we're just we're going through legal channels to try to restore everything. And my solution, honestly, Gina, is that I think that all of us in the conservative movement, particularly those of us with a following who are quote unquote influencers, what have you, I think we all need to come together. I think that we need to create, uh, we, we need to have an agreed upon date, say March 15th. For the next two months, we put in our bios the new platforms that we'll be going to. We keep posting for the next two months, telling our followers, subscribe here, subscribe here, subscribe here. And on the agreed upon date, March 15th, we all abandon those accounts. Abandon Twitter, abandon Facebook. Every conservative should abandon these platforms once and for all. That's my opinion. All right. Brandon Straka, best of luck, for, luck to you, and thank you for being on the show tonight and keeping us posted. Thank you, Gina. Days after the Capitol breach, more reporting is uh, coming to light that something just wasn't right with the security there that day at the Capitol. A great article at the National Pulse from our 3 p.m. host, Raheem Kassam, runs through that timeline and also quotes the Capitol Police Chief saying that he requested help from the National Guard days in advance, but he was denied. Here to discuss, former FBI National Joint Terrorism Task Force member, Lieutenant Steve Rogers. Steve, if the head of the U.S. Capitol Police says he needs the National Guard, who is the one who says, no, your request denied? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that when a police chief requests the uh, presence of the National Guard, uh, it is the, uh, the, the Army General of that uh, unit that will either say yes or no. And of course, with the approval of the higher ups. But let me say this, Gina, the idea that President Trump caused this incident is absurd. Out of the own president, out of the, out of the president's own mouth, he stated clearly, I know you're going to march to the Capitol, march peacefully and go home. So the question is, who was really responsible for what occurred? The responsibility is right at the foot of the establishment, Democrat, socialist politicians who control Washington, D.C. and the Capitol Police. The fact of the matter is, they caused a catastrophic event. Why? They did not supply those hero police officers with the tools they need. They did not have the manpower. Nothing was prepared for. And this is the result of their wrongdoing, not the president's. See, the timeline laid out by Raheem in his article shows that the crowd who listened to the president um, at the ellipse that day did not have time to walk all the way to the Capitol from where they were near the White House. I walked there myself after the speech, and I can tell you it was a long walk, and I walked fast that day um, because I was working. Um, have you looked at that timeline? Yes, I did, and, and there are a lot of questions, and there, must, there has to be some sort of an investigation that includes the timeline. It does appear, and I say appear because I don't have the facts yet, that the march towards the Capitol and the breaching of the Capitol uh, happened before the president made his speech. 
I don't know if that's factor yet, not yet, but I'm, I, it's something I'm looking into. But keep in mind, Gina, the other scenario that's not being told is at every every event where there's massive crowds, when the BLM uh, marches took place in our cities, when the, the anarchists came, the troublemakers came, they didn't come with uh, the idea of we're going to march peacefully. It happened right here. The president's supporters, and here's the proof. I, I love proof. It's great to back up what you say with facts. Right. The president's supporters for years have had rallies, tens of thousands of people at these rallies, never had any violent confrontations, eh, a little fight here or there, but nothing, nothing like this. And you know why? Because the president made sure there was enough security, enough police manpower, enough proactive measures to, that took, were taken so that there would be no breach of his rallies. So there's the proof. This wasn't the fault or the act of the overwhelming majority of Trump supporters. Sure, there may be some maniacs that decided to go in and join what they thought was something acceptable. They should go to jail. Everybody who breached that capital uh, that resulted in the killing of innocent people, they should go to jail. But the president made it clear, when you march, you march peacefully. And the Capitol Police leaders and the political leaders in Washington, they made it clear. They made it clear that they were not prepared for what occurred. The Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund and the House and Senate Sergeants at Arms have all resigned after the Capitol breach. But were they the right people to have taken the fall for this, Steve? Oh, yeah. Look, at uh, politicians are not going to take the fall for anything. Yeah. I mean, look, they, they know what's going on in Congress. You have uh, the majority leaders. You have those uh, people in Congress like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They say they got their finger on every heartbeat. They knew they were getting intelligence and information as to the amount of people that were coming. All they had to do was tell the sergeant of arms, go and get the National Guard, get whatever you need. There's something called mutual aid that nobody wants to talk about, because when you hear the mayor of uh, Washington, D.C. say, well, that wasn't our jurisdiction. Nonsense. You got mutual aid agreements between the Capitol Police and Municipal Police. So the fact of the matter is, Gina, it's a lot of finger pointing at the one guy who didn't cause it. He didn't direct it. He made a speech. He said, be peaceful and go home. It's the others who are doing all the complaining because of their lack of leadership. It resulted in this uh, chaos. Well, Stephen Rogers, thank you so much for all of your expertise on this. And we'll stay in touch with you as more details unfold about that day. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Coming up, are we living in a dystopian novel? It certainly feels like it some days. Amanda Head is up next, and we're going to discuss that with her. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, these days, it feels a little like we're living in the dystopian pages of a novel. So maybe that's why George Orwell's book, 1984, is number one on Amazon today. Can you believe it? Here to discuss Real America's Voice West Coast contributor, Amanda Head. Amanda, always so good to see you. 
Amanda, hold on for a moment because um, I, I, I want to talk to you about some things. But I want to ask you first, um, just your thoughts on Orwell's book being number one today. <laughs> yeah, um, look. I know that this is like asking someone to cut off their own leg. It's it, not only is it painful, but it's also really inconvenient because uh, who owns a bone saw? And if you do own one, I don't even want to know why. It's painful and inconvenient, but everyone needs to get off Amazon. This is the the gross marriage of the free market with Amazon and conservatives drive to own these types of pieces of literature. It's very important. Um, buy books from small businesses. Buy books from family-run used bookstores. One of my favorite stores is Second and Charles, and they are all across the country. There is absolutely no need to buy a brand new copy of 1984 on Amazon. I personally have three copies. They are loaned out to my friends, but when I get them back, if you need a copy and you don't want to buy on Amazon, as I have suggested, then hit me up because I will loan out one to you. Amanda's book sales online. All right, Amanda, now I want you to hold on again because it is time for our meme of the day. Now you can see in the meme that we are officially uh, moving the book 1984 from the fiction section right on over to the nonfiction section. But Amanda, it's true. I mean, it is true. 1984 is here. And the oddest part is that people are using Amazon, as you said, to order the book and making big bucks off of it. But the thing about it is, if, if, if they made that much money off of Amazon sales, don't you imagine that some of the private booksellers were also making money off of sales and those maybe those numbers weren't counted? Right. Um, and so we'll just have to hope that's true. But the scary part of it is how much of the, how many of the things that have been implemented that are right there in 1984, and and the left is using some of the same exact tactics, the same exact language um, that is right there in these dystopian novels. I keep thinking, well, at least they try to change it, right? Try to make it sound a little bit different from the novels that we've all read or the movies that we've all seen, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is when it boils down to, I, I think, a, a lack of knowledge of history. Uh, I think that there are two people, two types of people in America right now, those who are applauding Twitter and big tech for censoring the speech of the president of the United States and conservatives, and those who have studied history. And if you have read Animal Farm, if you have read 1984, if you have read Atlas Shrugged, you know how this story ends, and it is not in a good place. It is not in a place that fosters freedom, and it is not a place where our First Amendment is held as sacrosanct. And I think that's what scares people the most. You know, we watch those movies, we read those books, they never end well. I mean, they end, I mean, even if you just look at the example of um, mounting uh, Nazi occupation, right? That didn't end well. Yeah. Um, and so I think people wanna say, wanna ask the question, and I hate to ask it like this, but just, can this one end well? I, I don't know how this ends for us. I do know that America, you know, not only do we have rock solid founding papers, but we also have American grit and American spirit and American fire. And I know that there are, well, what I think is probably closer to 80 million Americans who voted for President Trump who still very much value their freedom of speech. And I will say, you know, it, it is big tech and it is liberals who are by and large leading the charge to censor free speech. 
but my very best friend in the whole wide world just happens to be a liberal and we were texting about this the other day and he said you know um i said he said i you know i i get both sides of it it is a little bit concerning that they that they have taken down the president of the united states but i think it's for the interest of peace and security and then I threw back at him, of course, the, the Franklin quote, those who prefer uh, security over freedom deserve neither. And his only response was, fair point. So there are people out there who get it, and it is only going to get worse. And I, I was listening in on uh, Brandon Straka, and I love that he said, you know, on March 15th, that's the day when, when our great exodus occurs. And make them feel it in their, in their pocketbook. Make their bottom line suffer. And that is the best thing that we can do as conservatives is to leave those platforms, go to other free speech havens. There are, you know, a number of them that are re-emerging and emerging with even more power because they have created their very own infrastructure. And that's the best thing we can do at this point. And Amanda, I always have to ask you, uh, we're, we're hearing a lot about what's going on with Gavin Newsom in California. We have about one minute. Um, go ahead and update us on that situation in California. Oh, Lordy, Gavin Newsom. <laughs> the tyrant that could my goodness this guy just continues to hammer down on businesses you know here in los angeles well all across the state we have had the harshest restrictions pretty much the entire year when it comes to COVID, and yet our numbers are spiking in cities all across california and it's unfortunate but you know we've got some businesses here in burbank that have opened their doors you heard about the lawsuit that was filed and actually won against gavin newsom as far as businesses staying open and some of the businesses are remaining closed because they want to make sure that they are extra respectful mm -hmm. of our lord and savior gavin newsom's restrictions <laughs> but others their doors are wide open and people are lining up around the block all right all right amanda thank you so much for joining me always appreciate you and thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone here at your new home for real news here at Real America's Voice. Don't forget, coming up right after this, live from Studio 6B, hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.